That was beautiful. None of it's recovered. None of that is no, 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 but just, um, just, just, just give us, um, just a brief summary of what you did, man. I'm sitting up here looking at, I'm like, this shit is green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just start from the top. All right, okay. Um, again, yes, this is um, Johnny Payton with the Paid in Full podcast, um, half of the Paid in Full podcast, and today we have two special guests. I have Mr. Gordy Ham, who is VP of Operations for EKG Security, and Greg Lynch, who is the training manager. Um, we're going to talk about um, a few few subjects far and away, um, whatever comes. Um, this is more so fun. Um, don't really get much time, face-to-face time with, with Gordy because he's he's out of state and um, and we're kind of spread out with Greg. So whenever we do get together, we, we want to just kind of uh, spend some spend some great time in um, fellowship and learn learn more about each other. So I'll start off with, with Gordy. Um, Gordy, just tell us a little bit about yourself. And this time we are recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Hey, Johnny, first off and foremost, just again, I just want to say thank you for uh, let me be on your podcast. I mean, it's a real honor, man, that uh, you'd even consider me and and Greg to to come do this. And you know, I do follow your podcast and I appreciate your content. And uh, uh, again, just thank you. A um, little bit about me is like um, uh, I was a New Yorker. I was born in New York. Um, I, I started living upstate. Uh, I, I grew up in. Um, very diminished uh, economic value, but amazing family value. Um, you do it. And uh, it, it was more so about the friends and the family that you surrounded yourself with than it was about finances. But when I, when I say everything I owned was a hand-me-down or from surplus store, that's, that's exactly how I live. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, my grandfather has told me, he's like, you got two ways to get out. Okay, He's, he's like, you got to use your mind or you're going to go to jail. Mm. And, uh, and so I decided to use my mind. I, I graduated high school when I was 15. Uh, I did some jobs. And then uh, I went into uh, the military. That was my way out. You know, free college, preschool, and more money than anybody in my family had ever made. <laughs> and so uh, I went in as like combat engineer, stationed out of Bragg. Then I did a few deployments. And Blow then stuff I, up. Right, yeah. At least that's what the recruiter sold me on. You know, I mean, I was, I was just, you know, glorified uh, infantry at that point, pounding pickets. <laughs> standing guard. Hey, look, we need somebody for clean sweep. You know, get out in the street and start pushing a broom. And so, and so uh, but, but man, I love the military, man. It was just absolutely amazing. Did uh, went to Iraq and Afghanistan and, mm-hmm. and like I learned so much about myself and my life and, and what's serious and what's not. Um, I went later on in, in my military career. Went to military intelligence and then you know uh, ended up getting med boarded out and um, uh, due to due to an accident uh, broke my back, but you know just couldn't deploy. And so uh, I was like, I'm not going to take a training position for the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I take that take that L, but. I have nothing bad to say about the military. Uh, everything I've had great leadership, and if there was ever any failures, it was always on my on my mind. Not because my leadership failed, mm-hmm. and um, but I've been very successful. I've made good contacts, good good memories, have great, have great friends. Uh, I've led a lot of men. Um, uh, I never led any women, <laughs> but I've led a lot of men, and it's been just one of those things that has just been amazing. 
when I switched over to military intelligence, you know, I, I, I saw a different side of the army. It was it was like, hey, listen, you know, you you can make a very big impact in just being a trigger puller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there's just so much that people just don't understand that goes into the military, you know, the infrastructure and how it works. And um, I miss the military. I miss the camaraderie. Uh, but when I got out, you know, I, I started, um, you know, I got into uh, some contract security for a company called Bosch Global at the time. And they were flying this aircraft called the Aerosond. And then uh, after that, you know, I started doing corporate security, uh, working for like Allied Barton, uh, which later then became Allied Universal at some some healthcare facilities. I worked my way up in that company. And then, um, and then I took another giant leap uh, in... Uh, responsibility and going to G4S. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm a little biased, you know. Uh, I love my current company, but I will tell you some of the people that I learned the most amount in security was over at G4S. Mm-hmm. Good, good practice. Uh, uh, we had a GM, his first name is Mike, and he, uh, and he just was, he would just invest in his people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just, I learned, I mentored for him a lot. Mm-hmm. And even though our time frame was kind of short, than I would I would have liked it to be. I mean, everybody there was just aces. The quality of officer was aces. But now they're bought out by Allied. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 there are. I lived. You know, some people have this negative connotation about Allied, and you know, unfortunately, you know, managers get oversaturated. But I lived in this bubble, right, mm-hmm. in in the Fayetteville, North Carolina area. And we were servicing uh, Cape Fear Valley Medical Center, and it was like seven thousand plus hours. Wow. And I and I and I live and, and mind you, I I wasn't into the middle management. I was at account level management stuff, mm-hmm. and I, we just lived in this bubble that we did not have problems like I see everywhere else, you know. And it was just amazing. And we had a, we had an amazing director of security, mm-hmm. uh, a guy's named Bob Stacy. I mean, the dude was he's just very wise. He taught me a lot about restraint <laughs> because I was having a hard time transitioning uh, a militant mindset of the military. Because the military does not train to an eight-hour clock punch. Mm-hmm. It trains to a standard. Yeah. And so when you come out of the military, it's like, I don't care if you're not done. Get it done. Right. You know. And it's like, well, are you going to pay him? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, so I had to learn and compromise. He goes, hey, you want these guys to get it done in time. You need to train them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You need to invest in them. You need to take care of these people. And and uh, but we lived in this bubble, and and these guys got paid pennies. I mean, I think that some of the officers get paid like nine bucks an hour to deal with rough, tough people mm-hmm. at a trauma level three facility. You know, and and and, and their pay escalated and scaled as uh, according to the responsibility. But I mean, like nowadays, looking back at it, I, I can't believe. How many paychecks to paychecks I lived on? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was in the military making like fifty k a year, and then I do contract security. I'm making one hundred and forty k a year, and then all those things end, and now I'm making nine dollars an hour. Yeah. Now, mind you, you know they they saw talent in me, I believe, and they or they, oh, how about this? They saw opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, and they invested in me, and I moved up through the ranks. But still, even at the highest point of what I was getting paid was only sixteen dollars an hour. Wow. Mm-hmm. Compared to what I was making, yeah. you know, and 
you know, but they gave, but they always gave me a fair shake. And, and when I ran their operations, it was just all about training, all about community, all about family. Mm-hmm. The things that set us back were, were, were like when other supervisors would backbite, when other supervisors would, they're not about the mission, not about the goal, they're not about the training. And that's what set us back, if anything. But nothing like the mass where they talk negatively as a whole. And and I think realistically, some of that comes from you got you got operations managers that are just completely oversaturated uh, with you know hours, mm-hmm. you know, and you know I'll get later into this later on, but you can only expect a human being to have so many hours in a day. They can only have a, when you have a relationship with somebody. You know what I mean? It takes time, effort, and you know trust, and if you ain't got no time and you can barely put in the effort, you'll never get trust. That's true. Yeah. You know? And and so they, they, they have this philosophy to do more with less, you know, and these people kill themselves. And I, I mean, I believe the average of an ops manager is probably less than five years. And then they're already burnt out and they're ready to re- never do security again. Yeah, it takes That's a, a bad person. It's a bad yeah. model. And it's easy to be an armchair Rambo. What do I mean by that? It's easy for the guys that are in the leather seats to say, hey, I want 1% NBOT. Make it happen. I don't care what happens. You know what I mean? Uh, or you're fired. But they ain't working the shift. Yeah. And so that's why I respect people that start from the ground up or, or put in that extra labor. So after, after I left G4S, I went into, I, I, you know, I was... I was kind of I was kind of like done with a security thing I thought at the time and and I was like I, I just really like training people and I was like hey, listen, I need to focus on myself. My wife had gotten pregnant mm-hmm. uh, with our second child and um, you know I was like man I sixteen sixteen bucks an hour I ain't cutting it you know what I mean I got mortgage payment I got car payment I, I manage my money good and it's just like we we, we never can win never yeah. get ahead and so. Um, you know, a buddy of mine in the military, he was like, "Man, um, you know, I'm do, I'm selling these tables, you know what I mean, and this, that, and the other." So I, I went on YouTube and I was like, "How do you make a country table?" You know, and so I went out and I got went to went to uh, Lowe's, got all the lumber. Mm-hmm. I, I rented some tools because I didn't know if I was going to keep it or not, and I ended up spending, you know, in total. Not including any of my labor or anything, probably with renting about seventy-five to ninety bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not bad. So I turn around and you know I, I, I made this table. I planed it, I sanded it, you know, I cut it, I, I jointed it, used butt joints and tennis and joints. I, I took my time with it. Um, once I got it stained, and that was a six-foot table. It was pretty nice. It was made out of pine. Nice. But it, but it was, uh, it was my very first thing. So mm-hmm. my wife was like, "Oh, this is beautiful. It's awesome. You know, thank you for making this, this, that, and the other." And she's like, "What if you tried to sell it online?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I just, I just spent a day on this. It literally, I started in the morning. And I got <laughs> done at night, and, and I was like, now you want to sell it? You know?" And she's like, "Well, we'll just see what happens." Well, so I was like, "I didn't want to sell it. So I've always done what I've, uh, you know, like I do in business. If I really don't want the business, then I don't market some astronomical, stupid number, mm-hmm. and then." Sometimes people come back, so I, I put it out there for seven hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. It was sold in eight hours. Wow! It's, I was whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> I was like, in one eight-hour day, I made seven hundred bucks. 
and I've made similar ones be- ranging from four fifty to seven hundred bucks, nice. depending on what goes into it. Like mm-hmm. like on this specific one, I made be- two benches that went along with it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now if it was just a table, then I was selling it for four fifty. And this was a six foot table, 30, 32 to thirty four four inches wide, jointed biscuit jointed, all this stuff, and and flat, very good. I, I mean, uh, if you ever get a chance, look at it uh, in North Carolina. It's called Touch of Country. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and and uh, we we did a lot of business. I think we did over three thousand products in the first year. Wow! Right, and so uh, I was like, I was just like, oh my god, somebody bought my hard work. You know what I mean? Like, if I, some people, I don't think they understand how the value of time is. You know, you're telling me that this person standing in your building making nine dollars an hour, security guard. Mm-hmm. They are worth $9 an hour to you for that one hour of their life mm-hmm. that they're never going to get back. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm not mad at them. They're out doing a job. And, and yes, there's competitive wage grades. All I got all that. But it's but it's not it's not leveled. This is not in the favor of the employee. This is in the favor of the, the company, mm-hmm. the corporations right. that are that are making money off of this at on the backs and at the cost of our officers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wait a minute. So you're telling me no experience, zero, zip, zilch. Never did one woodwork in my life. I could make 700 bucks in one day. Right, well, well, I was like, okay. Well, I told my wife, I was like, I'm not going to quit my job right now, but let's do this for two, two or three weeks. So, mm-hmm. we, so we ended up doing it for two, two months. Mm-hmm. Okay. I ended up making two tables a weekend. Okay. I mean, twenty four hundred dollars cash, mm-hmm. right? In addition to my forty to sixty hours um, as a security guy, and at the time I was a supervisor, but it was like, you know, I was like, I am literally making more money on my weekends than I am doing forty hours, fifty hours, phone calls all all times of the night. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like I enjoy this, mm-hmm. so so I quit my job. I started working for myself. I went out and got an LLC. Um, I you know got insurance. Got you know got you got, got our tax IDs, all that stuff. So because uh, I I found out in the very beginning that if somebody gets a splinter on their butt, they can sue you. <laughs> right. I can imagine. That. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is America. Right. This is America. So so like. Uh, you know, this that, that was my journey at that point, and so we. The thing with business, when you are passionate about something, and you glean joy from it, if if that passion and joy becomes a job, the passion dwindles over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we uh, we were making, I'd say in the beginning, we were making about. $4,000. Now, you got to understand when I say $4,000 a month, you know what I mean? There's there's expenses that go into that. There's I got to set money aside for taxes, the uh, wood costs, mm-hmm. screws costs, glue costs, you know what I mean? So the, it, on sheet, it looks good, but in my pocket, you know what I mean? You got, you got to get volume. Yep. So I, I developed a method. I was like, what are the, what are the hottest things? So I went on. Like and I just did trend analysis work, you know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that it was called that back then, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, what are the most liked things 
on Facebook Marketplace right now as far as woodwork. Mm-hmm. They were benches and tables, right? And then windows and signs, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make 20 benches. I'm going to make I'm going to make 10 tables. I'm going to make and so I did them all. I got them all ready, right? And then I started advertising. Mm-hmm. And then as I continue to grow in the first year, my skill got a lot better, mm-hmm. right? And so my quality got better, but I never changed my prices. And so uh, a woodworker came up to me one day, and he goes, dude, you're really you're get, you're getting pretty good at this. He goes, you might want to start increasing your price. I was like, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Why was that? I was like, because I'm selling. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and trust me, like, like I, Da Vinci back then, you know, he, he's paying because he's, he's a great artist, but... Mm-hmm. But I, I need those volume of sales, so I became like the wood, Walmart woodworker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like buying buying volume with me, and I got you. And and so um, I remember that I got some hate from some community because there was a bunch of woodworkers, mm-hmm. and they were selling their tables for twelve hundred and fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, and um, and they were still using pine or maple. You know, nothing extravagant. You know, like like there are some maples that are very extravagant, and there are some, you know, you know, uh, oaks that are extravagant. But let's be honest, there's millions and millions and millions and millions of square footage of, of oak in certain places and pine. And, but when you get into walnut and cherry and all, I understand the, the mm-hmm. higher prices because those cost yeah. more. But when somebody's like, "Oh, this is a solid oak table," here it's two thousand dollars, bro. <laughs> You 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 upcharge and, and don't get me wrong, oak costs more than pine. That's not what I'm saying. God knows his wood, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so like um, he, you, you know he he sent me. He goes, "You're fucking it up for all of us." Excuse my language. Oh, you're good. Man. But but he and, and I was like, "Well, what do you mean, man?" And by the way, we're you know we're all Christians. I'm like, I didn't expect that to come out of your mouth. You know, and I was like, uh, you know, at least at least not with that kind of. You know, fierce. I mean, he was like really angry. <laughs> and he goes, "My sales have dropped dramatically since you were in here. You're you're within a twenty mile radius of me." I was like, oh, "I'm sorry, buddy." I was like, "It's about to me. It's about developing relationships." And I was like, "They shouldn't have to pay a lot for quality because I know exactly what I make." He goes, "Well, I got to feed my family." I was like, "You're trying to build an empire. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to put food on the table for my kids." Yeah. Right. And so I was like, I- "I'm sorry." I was like, if I get a client that's looking for a certain specific thing, uh, I'll shoot him for you. And I did. I was very honest about it. And after I did that two or three times, then he wants to be friends. Mm -hmm. You know? And (laughs) and it's just like, you know, I I remember I got this restaurant. And they're like, we want you to build our tables. And I'm like... I've, I've I've never done this, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I, I was very upfront with them. I was like, listen, I've never done this. And he goes, well, I've seen your stuff on Facebook. I've seen your stuff on, on your website and stuff. And he goes, I think we can do this. He goes, I want to pay you $200 a table. He wanted 18 tables. Mm. Nice. Okay? He wanted them made out of maple, so it's a little bit more costly. But he, he uh, and he's like, I want metal bases. Mm-hmm. So I went on a, I went on a, did some research for, Restaurants, and I got some metal bases, and and man, when I pulled it off, it was like the biggest victory. Like I thought I won, you know, like you know, you thought I was in like China winning the Olympics or something. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the best ice skater ever. You know, and and it was just like, you know, you know, and and I lost focus at that point. Mm-hmm. 
because then I started taking a lot of custom jobs. And instead of sticking to my model, which was the research of the area and doing the very quick turnover sales, Mm -hmm. I started getting into custom work. Now, custom work takes a lot of your time. And and I love doing custom work because some of the work is just absolutely out of this world beautiful mm-hmm. like epoxy resin tables you know what I mean and then or we do you know live edge tables fill in fill in the, the blemishes and then you, you cut a channel and you lay glass in it then you get then I was working with this uh, say again yes, I'll take one of those right <laughs> seriously and, and, and so we um, I, I started working with a guy who was a fabricator metal fabricator and I was like I need you to build me this design and so now I'm now I'm charging three to five thousand dollars a table. Now, all and on average, how long did it take you to build a such table? De- depending if I if I worked eight hours a day, mm-hmm. a week. Oh, wow! So so I'm making about five thousand dollars a week. Nice. So mm-hmm. so now that's gross, right? Yeah. Again, that's not time. That's, that's not labor. That's expenses. You know, so so five thousand dollars a week. So. I got such a good client list that I was ripping out a table every week, but I'd work seven days a week, and I did it for almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Right? That's no, that's no family time. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's 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 hey, babe, I need you to come out here. Now we got growing children, right? I need you to come out here and help me with this because I can't hold this joist by myself. Mm-hmm. I, hey, I, I need you to, you know, come help me with the, while this while I work on this. You know what I mean? And the job, it became a job. You know, and it was no longer a passion to provide for my family. And, man, we burn out. And then so finally we had to start telling people that, hey, look, we're going to refund you your deposit. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a break. Yeah. I'm not going to make it in timeline. And, and they were like, no, your, your price is perfect. Your, you know, your work is perfect. We'll wait. And it's, and it, and it's like, no, really, I, I, need to, I need to refund yourself. Well, why? And now you re- – and, and then this is where I started learning about when you have an unhappy client – they're going to smear you all over the internet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, you could have done everything right, everything right, but that one little nasty comment, yep. it can ruin your whole reputation. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would end up just keeping the job, and, and it just became a dreary. Mm-hmm. So we ended up selling out the company. Uh, we finished all our projects, and we did well, you know. And, you know, we're like, all right, we want a simpler life. So... Uh, we left the house um, that we had, and we had a big, huge four-bedroom house. I think it was like 2,400 square feet at that point in North mm-hmm. Carolina. And we got a, um, we ended up getting a uh, a double-wide manufactured home, right? Okay. It wasn't a trailer, like the double-wide trailer, but it was the, it looked like a double-wide manufactured home. It was, it was on concrete. It wasn't like, on like stilts. The, like the container homes? No, it was, um, it was like a modular. Okay. So, so they were stick built, but it was uh, it, what, it, it, if you look at it, it just looks like a, a rectangle box. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, and it was in the middle of nowhere, and it was the happiest I'd probably been <laughs> in the longest time. And and my wife was just like, I don't want to live in the middle of nowhere for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I was like, Well, what do you want to do? And so, uh, you know, I, I, I went started going back to school. I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, listen, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back to school. You know, I've already had my my masters and my bachelors, and I was like, I want I want to go back to school. Go do something else, and I love learning. And um, you know, they I got a phone call from this guy named Fred Gobby. <laughs> he was, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn. I'd like to set up time to talk to you. Mm-hmm. 
Then I then I ended up getting, talking to Amber Corley, which mm-hmm. was the area manager out of Georgia, mm-hmm. and they set it up a time. And you know, we started in negotiations. They wanted me to run a site, and I was like, "These are my requirements." He, f- and then I was like, "Man, I don't really want to get back into security." <laughs> and then I, 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 because they didn't have a foothold in North Carolina at the time, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't. I was like, you know, do these people understand what it's going to be now? Now the owner. No doubt, hands down, probably one of the most generous, loving men I have ever met in my life. Not close on that. <laughs> yeah, and and Amber, she 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 was a grinder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know, but it was a smaller operation. I think it was at that time it was like six or seven, you know, million, you know, as a company. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and I was like, listen, this is what I require to live. And he so so I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not going to actually join your team. I, I sent him a text. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to join your team. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that sent him into panic mode because they had a startup in like two weeks. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And they're like, we, we need this guy. This, it, 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 you know, I remember them telling me, was like, I, he, he's like, I need you to do this. He goes, because your background, because what you've done. And he goes, I have confidence in you to do this. Mm-hmm. I've never had an employer tell me that. I am not having any type of relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it 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 talks about reputation, value. What 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 are the core values of the military? You know, do you espouse those things? Do you have loyalty, integrity, Mm -hmm. dignity? You know, all all those things. Selfless service, courage, right? And and, in this guy lives and breathes this stuff, right? And I'm like, finally, somebody I can talk on the same level with. Mm -hmm. You know. And regardless of whether if you've been a knucklehead and screwed up or anything, that that doesn't mean you are what your past is. Right. right you know right. what I mean? And you know it's what you're doing now to move forward. So anyway, he he's like, listen, I'm gonna fly down now. Mind you, my wife worked at a hotel and she didn't know this. I told her like, hey, listen, I'm gonna go have this interview. Well, he booked he booked, he booked a room at her hotel where she was the she was the uh, cleaning manager. And he goes, hey, I'm, hey, I'm, uh, I've seen you in pictures before, and this is, you know, it's kind of weird, you know. So he's like, he's like, hey, I've seen you in pictures before. You're, you're, you're Gordy's wife. I'm gonna go meet with your husband right now, and then walks away. And she's like, she says to me, uh, I think that guy's here to interview. He just, he stayed at the hotel. Just started laughing. And so I told, I told uh, Fred, I was like, listen, man, I was like, um, you know, I, I got my kids. I was like, I'm gonna have to bring them to the interview. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's no problem. <laughs> and so these here here Family here lines. I'm going to meet a CEO of a security firm right mm-hmm. comes in and and for those who are listening and don't know who Fred Gabby is this dude's Navy SEAL so he's like a stud yeah, right yeah. and and he's <laughs> and he's had a intense smoldering eye contact right and uh, so when I first seen him I'm, I'm like oh. This dude's legit, you know. I was like, "All right, well, maybe he's not like some, you know, five hundred pound dunder muffin just trying to, you know, gaslight me into something that's really not going to take off." Mm-hmm. So we talk about business. I talk to him about, you know, our my philosophy, how I want to train, how I want to grow, I want to develop. Talk to him about, you know, I want to make sure that I get if I grow business nearing, I want I want to be have, receive commissions plus salary, and so he he goes okay. Well, what do you need? And I so I told him the number. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do, gentlemen, when I have when I don't want to do really want to go back into something? So I, I set a high number, you know, and he's like, done. No Didn't even blink an eye. <laughs> done. You know, and I was just like, my it's like it's like uh, when I was in the eighty second airborne, I jumped out of plane. You know. Tons of times, yeah. tens, tens, and you know, 
20, 30, 40, 50, 60 times, right? And every time, even though I've done it all those times, every time I get close to that door, I get adrenaline. You know what I mean? Because you're about to catapult yourself into yeah. nothingness, and you're hoping that this single cord is going gonna, is gonna to pull the shoot out of a bag. Key for your life, right? And and so, but it was it was a rush, and I loved it. Yep. And so, for the first time in probably three and a half years, I felt an adrenaline rush. Nice. And I was like, okay, I'm hungry again mm-hmm. because I had gotten comfortable. You know, I was living. I was living off the VA pension. I was living off school money. I was living off, you know, whatever my wife was bringing in, and then, you know, I was helping with, with to take care of the kids. I was kind of like Mister Mom in it for a little bit, you know, uh, because <laughs> yeah, I Mister Mom in it, <laughs> you, you know, right? But I mean, I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with men that stay at home and take care of the children if the wife, you know, can be be the breadwinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't look at the uh, the duality of it. I, we grew up in a time when you know when I, we didn't make any money. We didn't have nothing. So anybody that could work and make money to bring something in, they did. Yeah. You know. Um, so I, I never had those nuances or those those views. You know. Mm-hmm. So and I, and I know other people do. But um, you know. So then I started working for them. And I was like, oh, my God, the, this type of operation needs to change. And I was like, this, we need to tweak this here. We need to, he goes, and, and, I mean, the best type of leader is the one that takes um, advice and says, make it happen. Mm-hmm. He goes, I will give you every tool to be successful. Just get it done. Yeah. You know? And, and he's just like I am. And integrity is the most important thing. If you, if you can't trust the guy that's working for you, then it'll never work. Yeah. Never work. And, um, you know, so we, start, we take this one little account, and I just start building the hours in it. And I just used that, and I was like, hey, listen. I was like, I'm bored here. I'm ready to do it across your company. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and he was like, let's go. And, and he's like, these are my goals. These are my expectations. This is what I want you to do. Outline a plan for me. Mm-hmm. He goes, before I give you this job, I want you to tell me what you're going to do in the first year. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me all the things you're going to be responsible for. I want you to tell me, pretty much he wanted me to write the job description. Mm-hmm. And so, I, had, I, I man, I was, I mean, when I say I was pumped, I was hyped, I was like, okay, I got this, I got this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And, and I made sure that it was all realistic. And stuff that, you know, you don't want to write a check that, you're, that your mouth isn't going to be able to cash later on. Mm-hmm. And so, man... In the first three to six months, we start changing whole dynamics of the company around. We start saving business. Mm-hmm. We, we start winning business. We start we, we get we, we start building a team. And he already had a good core team, you know. Um, and but we start we start recruiting, you know, for talent that that they're going to have the same mindset. And now it's two years later, and now we've more than doubled in size. Mm-hmm. Just for a couple simple tweaks yep. and good leadership. And that's not about me. I'm talking about from the top down. Because, and, and you guys have heard me say this before, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you know, man, I, I need to surround myself with smarter people because that's how I learn and grow. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, uh, Fred has taught me so much about financial business management, more so than I've ever learned uh, during MBA classes, really, right? So, so there's there's the book knowledge, and then there's application knowledge. Mm-hmm. Two different things. You know what I mean? Now, the book knowledge is good for you, 
right? I'm not saying that I'm not, not discrediting any type of school work. So don't anybody ever listen to this. Don't think I'm telling you not to go to school. But uh, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Hey, but honestly, Elon Musk says you don't need college. He goes, everything you can, you want to learn, you can get online for free right now. <laughs> and, and it's just the dedication of you doing it. You know, and, I, and here's my philosophy on this. I would be a professional student for the rest of my life because I love learning. Yeah. Life is about learning. Right. And But that's my point is, like, I learn from people. You know, like, 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 like Greg, your organizational abilities, you know, and how, how you do your training. I'm like... Dude, that's really smart. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Let's empower that. Let's let's make that work. Mm-hmm. Johnny, the way you talk to people, the way you verbally uh, educate and the way you handle things, you know what I mean? The, uh, I learned from that. It's like, hey, listen, I can take a little bit of this. I can take a little bit of his, and I can, I can make it mine, and I always am improving myself. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is whatever I have, I give it back. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never be selfish, ever, because people that do that, they're, usually what it is is an insecurity in their Scared, you know what I mean. They're scared of not being the go-to guy. Scared of failure. Yeah, and and they're scared somebody's going to replace them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if somebody's better than me, bring them. Tell them to come in my office right now. Right. Right. Tell me what your what, what your ideas are. And I've always done that. And and like uh, that that model has been amazing for this company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And we all learn from each other. And and I love. Of course, we have rank and structure, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, we don't have dotted lines. That's not what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know. But you build a team that respects each other so much that you can't tell who the boss is. You know what I mean? Internally, you know who's running the operations. Yeah. But without your support elements, that guy would have to do it all himself. Yeah. And that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's me, man. That's me in a nut. And, um, and you know... I. I thought, you know, when I first took this job, I was like, okay, we got five, ten years. Okay, there's got to be some exit strategy. Now now I'm looking, you know, the owner, uh, Fred, he always tells me, he's like, treat it like your company. I do. I really do. I take that to heart. You know, and, and so our image, the way we do business, you know, the operations, you know what I mean? Like... A lot, a lot of organization. It's taken a lot, a lot of organization in this company mm-hmm. to get it to where we are right now. And we're not done. We're not even halfway done. You know what I mean? But we're in the right direction. Absolutely. And we've got leadership that listens. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me. That's where I'm at. That's where I came up to and here. And um, it's just been a great ride. Gotcha. And, I, and, I, and at this point, I don't, I don't ever see, you know, I, I don't ever see... Like leaving, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like I know, and even the owner was like, "Listen, man, you got to have an exit strategy at some point." And I was like, <laughs> "You know, I have never even thought about it because I enjoy this, mm-hmm. you know, and so much that I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is now and say, hey, listen, you know, I, I want to put something at stake here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I, I believe in this, I believe what we're doing, you know what I mean? So much, and and how." The clients react to us mm-hmm. when we provide that service and that extra commitment, you know what I mean, is, is just phenomenal. That's the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we don't, we don't have a BDM. A bu- and for those that listen, a business development manager or a salesperson, our clients are our business salespersons because they give referrals. Mm-hmm. Like they outperform and outservice the other people. You know what I mean? And then I'll go out and be like, hey, listen, this is what this person says about us. You know, yeah, I would love to service you. How can I help you? And but I always tell them like, listen, when I tell you I'm different than the other people or the EKG is different, 
I'm not going to be your cheapest, and I don't want to be, <laughs> because th- that doesn't make me any different. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm going to give you a better quality, you know, and I'm going to give you more consistency, and I'm going to give you, you know, more continuity. You know what I mean? Then that's worth the extra pennies. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking you to do that. I'm, I'm, we're pouring straight into the officer. Yeah, where this company could make probably twice as much money as it normally does if we wanted to do it at the cost of the officer. We don't do that. I grew up and, pay, and I pay, saw pay it. Pay what other security companies pay? That's right. Just pocket the money. And, and you know, I will not name hate on anybody, and they got their own business models and everything else. Uh, but there are other security companies that they're. You know, their markups are in excess of 1.5, 1.6. I've even seen some uh, 1.7, and they're still paying the guards $10 an hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's not good. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I understand what you're doing. Because you go out for these big, huge corporate counts, and you create the margins so low so that you can, you know, please the big guy. But then you do it off the backs of the small accounts, you know what I mean, and pay those guys pennies mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i just think that's that's disingenuous to your people uh and it's only lying in pockets right but that is business yeah. i got it you know but that's not how this business is gonna run mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you i think i think uh one of the good tools that you have in your uh in your tool bag is is your ability to have that customer relationship uh uh positive customer relationship so i've firsthand seen you interacting with uh, a lot of the clients and uh, just just your your principles and how you deliver uh, our company and and uh, how you present us and our officers and how we take care of each other and the client. You know, I think that's a, a big part on our expansion and our growth. Yeah. So. And talking talking to people on their level. Like I said, you can automatically tell that Gordy is extremely smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but Gordy has relatable with people where he can break it down to 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 where they understand. And that that's a common thing rather than talking at a person. He he actually has a conversation with, with said person. Absolutely. Man, that, that's big. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, their, their faces light up every time he comes. Out. That's, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to bat my eyelashes. Not. But but here's my thing: is like you know you know we're we're sales twenty four seven by media. Yep. As soon as you get on the phone, you got an ad. As soon as you get on the computer, you got an ad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As soon as you you open up an email, there's there's twenty other different companies selling you on something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sell you. I, I mean, people are going to debate this philosophically. They'll debate this. And they'll say, well, you are doing sales. Because if, if you weren't doing sales, then you wouldn't be putting yourself out there to try to put yourself in front of a person to try to garner business. That, in some theory, is sales. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to develop a relationship and let them know I'm here to serve them. And one of the biggest things, uh, and it's like kind of like a pet peeve of mine, and it's kind of harmed the industry is you let the client tell you how to do security. That's fair. That's you, irritating. You, you t- <laughs> no, the client should be there to tell you how can you best solve this problem. Mm-hmm. How do you solve this? What's your solution to this problem that I have? And people love options. Mm-hmm. You give them all the options. 
you want you want to go cheap this is your option this is what's going to take and this is what the exceptions are if you want to go medium this is your options you want you, you want to get the best bang for your buck then you pay a, little, a lot probably more than what the the minimum is you pay the premium mm-hmm. this is the result this is what your expectations should be mm-hmm. so you educate the client we're the security professionals not them right, right? and so <laughs> and 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 this goes into a, you know, a lot of people cater to the client, and there's nothing wrong with giving the client what they want, so long as you're educating them on what security is. Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, realistically, now you become a staffing company, not a security company. Right. You know, and uh, you know, you got a guy out there. Go stand out there. Oh, and the client comes to me. Here's my post orders. I want you to do, and they just put it out there without ever reviewing it. Mm-hmm. You don't don't even know know anything what's going on, right? And like, oh, this is what the old guard company is. Well, obviously the old guard company's not there, so maybe we should review these things. Probably. <laughs> you know, and and it's and this is not a, a point of a pompousy either. It's just it's just like when I go to go have a date. And I'm married now, but but in the past, like like, like <laughs> if I was to go a long, long, long time ago, <laughs> right? If I was to go have a date with a woman, you know what I mean? I don't carry that baggage of the previous relationships in there. Mm-hmm. You know, be like, hey, the information that you got from your previous relationship, you're no longer in that previous relationship. You're in it with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's how I, that's how I view things. I view things like we interact every single day. Hey, how you doing? My name is EKG. Mm-hmm. I would I would love to take you out to dinner. You know what I mean? Or or be I like, like, that. I like, that. I like that. <laughs> you know, and and it's like, tell me what your pain points are, and let me give you some solutions. Mm-hmm. And then and then you start building trust. And as you're looking at things, you start to I almost like program the relationship. You're like, this is a reason why I should trust them. Day one. Day two comes along, you do more. This is a reason why I didn't trust them. And you keep building over days and days and days and days and days. And you're like, and all they've got is reasons to trust you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You've built that relationship, not just come in, do a quick pocket sale. And usually what happens in security, you got BDMs. You know, and this isn't blatantly across the board, but mostly across the board because they work off a of commission, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have salary and commission. But like, if they're working direct commission, they need a sale. Okay? And so their job is to get sales. Get the they have agendas. They have quarterly goals. They have all these. Their job is not to set up the operation side for success. Mm-hmm. Their job is to get a sale. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so they'll go sell it. I'll give you whatever you want. I'll, I'll take you to steak dinner. You know what I mean? I'll give you a price point that is so low, Walmart can't touch us. You know what I mean? And it's like, and, and they do this, and then they say, here you go, buddy. Now, ops guy's looking at him like, how am I going to staff this? How am I going to recruit this? You know, how am I going to get people to, to stay here? That's not my problem. That's what the BDM's saying, right? So that's not my problem. And I even at the corporate problem. levels, they're like, that's not my problem. Right. Mm. You know, and that is not our model. No. That is not our model. I will not let in this company. I will not take a job. Know how serious the client is uh, if it's going to put our operations in jeopardy. Because I would rather lose three million dollars on a client than lose our reputation of being able to service somebody mm-hmm. easily. I'll turn it down all day long. And you want to know what? We've seen huge growth. Our turnover is probably the lowest in the industry. Nice. You know what I mean? 
And, you know, I mean, you know, I'm hearing people talking about their turnover is over 200%. Wow. You know, we're managing 40%. And people are like, during COVID, how are you doing this? I'm investing in my people. Yeah. You know, um, we, we cre- and if we can't pay them in the contract, and, and we've done that here, is like we renegotiate the contracts up that need to be there when I came in. And then if they were, they refused to go up and they wanted absolutely, hor- you know, best service at the minim- most smallest amount of wages, they're just again, we just tell them, hey, look, we value our relationship. This is what we need in order to, to succeed mm-hmm. uh, with you in servicing you. Um, if you can't agree to these terms, then we're going to have to go somewhere else but i will point you in the right direction to somebody else no business isn't good business yeah that's right but but and and sometimes you know and listen you know nobody wants that phone call from me you know when it's about money right you know i mean no client be like oh man cody's calling you know what i mean like be be like you know just for the purpose of the call be be like hey hey, tanya how are you and by the way i don't i don't have a client named tanya yeah but yeah, it, it probably happened like tomorrow because speaking this into manifestation. So, so, so like, um, you know, um, be like, hey, Tanya, you know, listen, I'm having a hard time staffing in your area. We haven't renewed our con- we, our contract renewals coming up in, in like three months, and and um, I gotta let you know, I, I got I gotta increase the rates, weights, the rates and the wages, and you know if. And they're like, oh, well, we set a budget last year for this exact thing. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. I was like, um, it, here, here are some options, you know. And you know what? You know what? Why not? You give somebody an options and they take it to the board. You were expecting to get a no, but you gave them three choices. And 90% of the time people pick one out of the three choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, so you, you always want to provide solutions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And be like, listen, this is how we can best serve you. This is what's going on. And if you are basing it off emotion or stress, you're going to fail every time. You need statistics. You need data. You know, you need to have numbers to quantify. Because people are going to be like, well, why? Show me. Mm-hmm. You know? And then when you come to them with it, they're shocked. Because, like, they don't get that. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's just because, you know, this, that, and the other. But um, if I was like, hey, listen, can you turn your computer around? I want you to go into Indeed real quick. And um, you want me to pay these guards nine dollars an hour? Um, go pull up Chick Fil A for me real quick, and that's mm-hmm. and that's an amateur level job. That's a kid, a sixteen year old kid, to eighteen year old kid, or or someone who has really no work job force experience. But you got a guy here that you want, or a female that you want to safeguard your community, make sure that you're tracking, you're logging stuff in and out. They're probably picking up things, they're sweeping the curbs, they're you know they're interdicting at certain levels. They have competency report writing, which which obvious if anybody's ever been a security officer, uh, good report writing will save your butt, you know. And you you know it's one of those things, man. It's just it they don't think of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, what do you pay your janitor? Well, you pay our janitor $13 an hour, but you want to pay the guy that mops your floor. And, and janitors should get pay raises, too, but you want to pay the guy that mops your floor $13 an hour, but you want to pay the guy that keeps you safe $9 an hour. Yeah, multi-million-dollar enterprise. Right. And <laughs> and so I was like, pull up Chick-fil-A for me. What are they getting? And, like, specifically in, like, Georgia or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like $14 an hour. Yeah, 14 15 I was mm-hmm. like, so, so even if we went to $14 an hour for the officers, guess who I'm fighting against in the recruitment pool? Guys going to work for Chick Fil A, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Entry level people, and 
you know, they'll be like, huh, I can go stand out in the weathered element, or I can go make chicken sandwiches <laughs> for the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, in this day and age, gentlemen, I mean... Path to least that, resistance. That's exactly right. Path to least resistance. <laughs> so enough about me, my philosophy. Greg, Greg, talk about yourself, man. All right, let's go, Greg. Well, I'm not a, you know, I'm not as interesting as a guy as a Gordy here, but uh, <laughs> Greg Lynch, uh, the training manager for EKG Security, and most recently, I've taken over some A1 buildings in the uh, Atlanta Metro Atlanta area. So, mm-hmm. um, been loving it ever since. Um, little background about me. Uh, I was actually born in Brooklyn, so uh, I'm a New York guy myself. New York, son. Yankees, cuz. The fun fact, though, is I, I was actually raised in, uh, in Japan. Um, so, yeah, my dad is a Navy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up uh, going over there. And, so let's see if I say this. Watashi wa gori desu. <laughs> it's actually boku wa in, for a man. Oh, okay. So boku wa watashi wa. I have no idea. He's just introducing his, uh, his <laughs> name. My name is... Nokio Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> right but um so yeah ended up uh, uh leaving japan around my uh, uh mid ninth grade year so got to finish out high school in uh virginia uh immediately following high school you know with the college in uh, north carolina um I uh, pledged Omega Sci-Fi out there. Okay. Shout out to the Qs. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I also became a Mason out there as well. So um, I'm a traveling man. I don't even know if we're supposed to talk about that on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't throw it either. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make myself as interesting as Gordo here. Oh man, you're, 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 you're great, man. You're great. But, you're great. Uh, okay, and then uh, uh, commissioned into the Army right after that. So I'm an Army guy as well. Um, commissioned under the uh, Field Artillery Umbrella or Branch uh, with the Army. Um, love that branch and this is you know during the Iraqi freedom war time frame so um, definitely when our our, our uh, branch was in need uh, during that time frame so um, did about three tours did actually two and a half tours uh, over there in Iraq um, got sent back for medical reasons uh, we'll talk about that later but uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, you know a total of about uh, 10 and a half 11 years with the army and then uh, came off of active duty just trying to you know spend some, some quality time with my family and my kids and stuff like that so mm-hmm. came off of active duty and then uh, <clears throat> actually moved to Atlanta and and uh, joined the state pardons and paroles department or okay. right oh. now it's called DCS so um, <laughs> I was a parole officer I did um, uh, uh, did pretty well in there um, joined the joint task force for like fugitive recovery and things of that nature. So how was that? I'm gonna tell you, man, it was exciting. Um, uh, a lot of early mornings, late nights. Um, it, it felt kind of good to, to know that you were getting a lot of people that were maybe wanted for, from other agencies and mm-hmm. uh, for for serious crimes and stuff like that. Just just uh, felt good to get them out of the community or at least uh, bring them in front of a judge so they can answer uh, to their charges or, or the warrants that they had out there. My big thing with that again was was the pay, and you know, kind of like what Gordo was saying earlier. You know, you're you're uh, asking this guy to do all of this this dangerous stuff, or you you know, you're putting him in this position, and you're paying him minimum money. And, yeah. You know, no 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 shot to uh, uh, the state of Georgia or state employees or anything <laughs> like that. What it is, man. I, I definitely think that you know, law enforcement and uh, and other. Uh, uh, law enforcement agencies for the state and the state employees should be paid a lot more. You know, mm-hmm. just my opinion, but um, I mean, that was I mean, inherent risk versus reward. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, 
um, that was kind of one of my motivating uh, factors for wanting to kind of transition to something uh, a little bit more profitable. So mm-hmm. um, uh, got got to talking to some of my connections and uh, uh, had a uh, conversation with one of my fraternity brothers who's uh, a, a recruiting manager at Amazon. Mm-hmm. So uh, <clears throat> set me up with an interview uh, with Amazon um, and uh, got the job. So it was, it was a great job. I loved Amazon. Um, what were good. you doing? So it was physical infrastructure security manager for Southeast North America. Okay. So I had the... Uh, <laughs> Baller, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So uh, basically, uh, uh, just managing a lot of their uh, data centers and confidential sites and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. um, still under an NDA for them, so I can't talk too much about it. But, <laughs> but um, um, Amazon is another one of those very large companies who, who believes in the uh, do more with less um, uh, concept. So. Um, further on down the line, maybe uh, two and a half years uh, after working with them, they decided to consolidate that department and uh, bring everyone back to uh, Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Again, this is uh, this is kind of like a something I wasn't really willing to do. Again, it was it was something that drove me to get out of the military so I could spend more time with my kids. So you know, kind of traveling, you know, to the other side of the country mm-hmm. was was wasn't an option for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of jumped off the cliff a little bit and just. You know, hoping that my parachute would open, and uh, and uh, luckily again, kind of like the same story with Gordo, man. Um, he, he, I got a call from uh, EKG Security, and uh, you know, uh, it's just crazy just listening to your story with Fred because I feel like we had a similar story and a similar uh, uh, introduction and relationship to that. And uh, initially, I applied. Um, I went through the whole interview process. I think, was, I think you were going to be my, um, my replacement. Yeah, I was going to be. Yeah, a, yeah, I, yeah. I applied to be an area manager. Yeah. Um, and Gordo Gordo hit me up. He's like, "Hey, man, you know, I, I think we got to. We, we we really want you. I think I can create a position for you just based off of your, you know, uh, your background and some of the things that that, that I see that that we can value from you. So, um, actually created a position for me, um, which is something that I think the company needed, and the company. Um, um, values, uh, which is the, the training manager. So, um, created a position, made the offer. The, the money was there. The, mm-hmm. the environment, just the people, um, just talking with Fred Gobby and and, and Gordo and, and and a lot of the executive staff. I was like, man, I love the environment. I love the people here. Um, this is something that uh, I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And just it being, uh, you know, initially a small company. Um, being a part of something like that and, and watching it grow, you know, that was something that, that kind of made me passionate about wanting to do this job. So um, been here for about uh, about eight months now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've been I've been to a lot of different sites. We're, we're uh, all over uh, the United States, kind of spread out a little bit, but <laughs> mainly on the East Coast. I have had the opportunity to go to a lot of the sites and, and have some face to faces with the clients and the, and the managers and and just. Uh, yeah, we're. We're in about seven states, man, and yeah. we started off with one when I joined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that that just being a part of that that growth and then and and having the ability to have some impact on our success at the different locations, you know that 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 means a lot to me. Um, so uh, I mean, yeah, 
that, that's pretty much uh, me in a nutshell. Again, I'm not too interested in the guy. Man, <laughs> you way more than what, what you what you think. Uh, I, like I said, I believe one of the the biggest things outside of us picking up Gordy um, was bringing you on as the, the the training, so that like I said, people can see an actual face behind what we're Absolutely. what we're telling telling them. Absolutely. Um, and I and I feel like when we when we did the uh, the area manager interview, I. I I I I seen bigger things for you nice. than being an area manager. Appreciate it, and and it comes, you know. Again, Gordo talked about having a passion for for the job. Um, you know, again, I, I got out of the army as a major. Um, so if anyone's ever been in the military, you know, once you finish command, you make field grade or whatever. You or you know, you finish command, you go to you go to staff. <laughs> so everyone hates staff, but I actually loved it. I love uh, developing plans, writing op orders, fragos, things of that nature. Um, it was something I loved to do and mm-hmm. you know uh, it, it allows you to get some face time with, with a lot of big names and uh, to have your products uh, you know up on a big screen it's a you know it's it, it gives you joy on the inside to know mm-hmm. hey I, I created that you know what I'm saying <laughs> like this is this is me right there so uh, to, to be able to come into EKG and, and be able to do um, the same thing you know did you, ever get, did you ever get the chance to be like the chops I, I did actually. I was uh, I was a night battle captain for. Uh, <laughs> That's a big deal. Uh, we were in Baghdad, Iraq. So during that time, but uh, That's a big deal. I actually uh, <laughs> actually had a uh, somewhat of an assistant job too. So you know, I like to write, or I'm pretty good at writing. So mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things that kind of forced me to get good at it was I had to write scripts for our, our battalion commander, and then our, our <laughs> eventually our brigade commander. So they come off, off yep, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So they come off patrols. I just you know I wrote up a four page five page script of all the operations that happened during that day mm-hmm. you know just hand it to him and walks in the door and just reads it verbatim it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> like a Ron Burgundy <laughs> making sure I didn't put anything in there that wasn't uh, wasn't supposed to be in there though. but, uh, but yeah just to, to have that ability to do that here is, is, is a blessing man well, I mean, all, all the politicians read off a teleprompter. Points. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. All right. So off off the clock, um, when we're, when you're not working, what are, what are you guys doing to 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 relax? So, <laughs> I. Uh, no, he looks like in, a, in this job, man. What do you think he does? <laughs> in, in this in this job. There, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of room mm-hmm. for personal likes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like like uh, uh, so let me give you a rollout of my day. Right? I uh, I usually wake up to a phone call or text message. You know, sometime <laughs> early in the morning um, from the owner because this man's a hard worker. He's a grinder, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I was like, okay, this is okay. I'm, this is the expectation. His mind's rolling. His mind's rocking. All right, the expectation is get your butt out of bed, roll with them, have a six. Mm-hmm. So I get up, I, uh, I go work out, right? Obviously. And it, <laughs> I go work out, and, it's, it, and, I, and I, uh, I eat real clean, right? And um, so I've been on this keto thing, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I feel smarter, you know, um, by being on this diet. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, just everything in the room is brighter. My, my 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 wit is snappier. You know what I mean? It's promoting keto. Yeah, that's right. I'm promoting the keto. Gym. I might have to get some notes. Shout right, but but I'm telling you, uh, I, it's just probably the best life decision I made. The um, I would say that um, 
after I after I get up, go do that, I'll look at my emails after I take a shower and then, you know, by about seven thirty, eight o'clock, I'm already replying back to emails, sending directions to people and everything else. And one of the hardest things that I've not hardest, but one of the things about military guys is like we're used to getting up at four thirty. Right. For morning formation. We're used to getting up five so it wasn't a big culture shock for me. Mm-hmm. Like there's some of the some people they're like, You got up at four forty five to get ready for the day? Uh yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just like I've been doing that for years. Yeah, it's hard it's a habit hard to break, you know. Yeah, and it's just like that's I've been doing that for years. And it's just like, okay, well that's that's the way it is. Um you know, a man that, you know, the Bible talks about if a man doesn't work, he ain't going to eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not up here to preach or anything like that. But, it, you know, there's some philosophies that are that are within the Bible that apply to your business life. They should apply to your, you know, your everyday way you look at things, you know. And so, you know, for those that don't know EKG, it's very Christian-centric. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, we don't push that on anybody. Uh, anybody can believe what they want. You know what I mean. But the the leadership values they 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 really try to place those Christian values, the positive Christian values, as their corner posts. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that really changes the dynamic of us as we grow and get bigger. Now, if you were an atheist or anything else, and and you know that's what you, that's what you believe or don't believe, then that's great. But we're still going to push values, yeah. meaning honor, integrity, personal courage, selfless service. You know what I mean? Um, those are still things that we're going to push. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and not settle for anything less. And, you know, so after I get up, you know, I, I immediately start getting phone calls. So, so again, we, we start about 5 o'clock in the morning. And then the, we'll have meetings, we'll have phone calls. Some, some of the meetings should be emails. Um. <laughs> You're on mute. This is true. You're on mute. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, but but like, as satire aside, you know what I mean. Uh, security is like at this level is consuming. Yeah. And so, you know, it. You know, you got you got an area manager. You know, taking care of like, you know, hundred, hundred knuckleheads. You know what I mean, and a hardworking people and they have they have real life problems yeah. mm-hmm. you know what i mean they have things they got to do they got to do and not everybody's never going to call out that's just unrealistic expectation so i always tell my people I was like, you treat them like you would treat like yourself or your family because that's what they are because without them you wouldn't have a job so so you start receiving phone calls you start receiving phone calls throughout the day non-stop you know what i mean uh from management and then you know, probably I, I, pro- I probably don't stop getting calls until seven o'clock at night. You know what I mean? And then, and then once I'm done at seven o'clock at night, then then I get to kind of relax and lay it down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then be like, all right, I got I got to go. I got to I got to send a couple emails to some clients, or I got to respond <laughs> back to them, make sure that they're good. You know what I mean? And it's it's like one of those things that. You know, it, it, it's all consuming. Now, is every day like that? Mm-hmm. No, not every day. Some some days are less than others. Like there are some days when it's like, okay, the ship's running straight. I've done. I've checked all my boxes for today. I've done a couple extra things so, so I can set myself up for success in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, okay, let, let's let me talk to all the departments. Say, is there anything you need from me? 
And then there's those days when, when I can say, hey, listen, I'm going to pull back today. It's like 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But those are very few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. So when you ask me what I do for fun, mm-hmm. the only thing I have is my family. Yeah. Same here. I don't invite people over to my house. I don't have very many friends. But I take care of my family the best I can. I take my boy to sports. No, my boys to sports. I make sure my wife uh, has the ability to do the things she needs, and she needs conversation. She needs a break, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, she she you know she has needs, and so I attend to that. So I know this sounds kind of weird, but it's like uh, it's like I have two or three full time jobs mm-hmm. all at the same time. <laughs> but that's what it means to be in in a relationship. Yeah. And some people they don't look at it like that. A relationship is a responsibility to another person. You know what I mean? And and that's how I view my clients. That's how I view my family. That's how I view my coworkers. You know what I mean? Uh, and I hold them to the same standard I hold myself to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's not your job to prove to them that you know uh, they don't have to worry about their insecurities. It's your job to be the best version of yourself and to be the, and provide them the best service, whether that is you know love whether that is you know security service whether that is you know parental guidance whatever it is you know what i mean they they deserve the best from you right yeah and you don't do things for a reciprocating thing you do it because it's what's the right thing to do now it feels nice when it's reciprocated of course right um, and we everybody has their own love language, and I like to use that. You know, like some people they, they like physical touch, other people like words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, gifting, you know, things of like that. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm a words of affirmation guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't need you to tell me I'm good. I just need to see that you appreciate it. You know, um, that that your hard work meant something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, so when so if I was on vacation, I'll, I'll take that in a different angle. Where are you going? If I was on vacation, uh, the beach. Nice. The beach or fishing. This explains why you live in Florida, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I would have stayed in North Carolina forever, but I still would have went to the beach nice. every weekend. Nice. But uh, the beach, it, it, there's something about putting my feet in the water, man. It just makes me feel calm. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm sick, I take a bath all day. I'll take three or four baths a day when I'm sick. Mm. And, and like, there's just something about water. Mm-hmm. It just makes me relax. I love to swim. You know, you wouldn't think it by me, you know, by, <laughs> but I can cut through the water pretty fishy. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, like, I like what you did there with the, uh, you know, and, and this is, this is uh, something that a lot of big companies push, but they, they hardly ever enforce. And, you know, again, at this level where, where Gordy's at, where we're at right now, you know, kind of just having to be, on the clock, twenty-four hours a day, and be responsive towards uh, the needs of our clients and our, and our officers. Mm-hmm. You have to have, you know, they call it balance. I call it harmony. So it's that work-life harmony because mm-hmm. they have to work together. So I, I like what you did there with the, you know, how, how uh, you, you take that free time to spend with your family. And again, that's a big thing for me too. Um, obviously, Gordy is in the gym a lot. I don't know why he just he's, he's acting like he's only in there once a day. But, uh, <laughs> If you guys can see this guy, man, you, you know, <laughs> it must be in there for a couple hours at one time a day. But, but I, I too like to work out on my off time. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up a new hobby, and this is something that you know I've always told myself I wanted to to get at least good at. So I've been uh, I've been trying to get my golfing game down. Oh, okay. So, 
you guys are ever down for a, a, a little nine hole or something like that, let I'll, me know. I'll, I'll come watch and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> drink some I would have said I would have drank some beers with you. But now that I'm on a mosquito diet, I don't do any carbs. Oh, but uh, but my mechanics for golf are, are junk. That's, you know what? We all, Charles, Charles Barkley. We, we all, <laughs> we all got to start somewhere. So uh, <laughs> You would look ahead. You look ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's pretty much it with me, too. And I, I definitely spend a lot of time with my kids, too, man. That's, that's very important for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, same, same here, man. That's that's pretty much what I do. And um, as far as how I relax, um, relax and everything, you guys are kind of part of it right now. Yeah. I kind of record and yeah. do do stuff with do stuff audio. So yeah, yeah we love that about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> love that about you. Yeah, but that's that's it, man. In a, in a nutshell. Um, any and any any closing things you want to pass on? Because like I said, I'm a, I'm going to do some sound bites or anything. Um, pass on some encouragement to to, to our to our team. Yeah, absolutely. Again, um, if you guys are looking for a place or a company to join that will treat you like family and is very well organized and has the leadership and the the growth potential um, that that you might be looking for, um, please consider UKG Security. All right, now that's coming from the training manager, not the recruiter. So, <laughs> gotcha, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll do this for you. Um, I would never ask at EKG. There will not be a single person uh, that is under my employee that will be asked to do something that I will not that I will not do myself. Uh, in fact, I have stood posts with officers and stood posts with managers. So the officers can have breaks, you know, be on, on very tough shifts, and it's not beneath me, you know what I mean. And it's and and I want anybody that is to ever consider working for EKG to know that when you work here, you're not a number. We work hard for you. We want you to work hard for us, and we we hold you to the same standard we hold ourselves to. For for those that want to be clients. Mm-hmm. Or for those that who are entertaining the idea about being clients, do not take our word for it. Take the word of the people we already serve. I can tell you anything you want to hear, but ask the people that we've been serving. Judge me not based on what I'm promising. Judge me based on what my actions have been. And I, I look forward to anybody that is looking to join, you know, a partnership, you know, and. We would love, look forward to loving to serve you because at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're servants. So uh, please, anybody, if you ever need anything uh, for security-related reasons, you need a job, look us up on our website, ekgsecurity.com. Um, we have a main number. Uh, you can go to an auto dialer there, and it, it can, you, you can talk to me directly. But thanks, Johnny. I really appreciate you bringing yeah, us. Thanks, no, no problem, man. Like I said, this is this is um, probably one of one of my favorite favorite episodes that I've, I've done so far. And like I said, any time that I get a chance to spend actual time with you guys is is, is always a plus. I'd like Pleasure's to hours. I'd like to in the future 
maybe do another version of this podcast, like a, a security podcast with you, and be like, hey, let's talk about the security topics of the day. Name, name the time and place, man. All right. Yeah, that sounds good because, I mean, yeah, I'd love to bring in some guys, you know, uh, like and, and from other companies, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, be like, hey, tell me what your challenges are. What, what's going on? Talk to me about what you see in society mm-hmm. and, and get a bunch of different viewpoints, you know. And I think that would be great. I mean, Joe Rogan started out of his basement just having conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean? And look at how much viewing he has. And I'm not talking about the financial success. I'm talking about how, uh, you know, just having a conversation, mm-hmm. how popular that can be. Mm-hmm. So, so what has society been lacking that people love to watch other people have conversations? Relatability. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is amazing. This is unique. And, and uh, I look forward to doing this again. Thank you, Johnny. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, that 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 wraps it up for the this episode, episode twenty three of the Pain and Full podcast. Um, my wife is probably going to kick my butt for doing this without her, but oh well, she'll be okay. <laughs> Luckily, we do security. We got your back, man. I'm just like. <laughs>